Good morning, everyone. Well, the elders have asked me to uh, speak on the topic, the future of the church, the future of the church. Tremendous topic, really. And I will try and make it as practical as possible so that uh, you and I can uh, leave here today uh, encouraged, uh, looking uh, to the future. Uh, for each and every uh, believer. I think it's important to understand before we look into our future, those of us who belong to the Lord Jesus, is a few things that we are never going to experience. And that is God's wrath and God's judgment. Very important to understand that. The scriptures remind us to rightly divide the word of truth. And so many Christians, uh, in all due respect, uh, even to some of the teaching that's out there, misunderstand the future of the church. And one thing that we are not going to be involved with, and it's always an interesting topic because... uh, We're not uh, strangers to this because there are probably hundreds of books a year written on, and, and always the most popular, by the way, to Christians. And that is the books on prophecy, right? They are. They, um, some of the best selling books of all time beside the Bible are a series on uh, prophecies. I remember in the days that I wasn't even saved, hearing about Hal Lindsey and the great, the late great planet Earth and books like that. I wasn't even saved in those days. And people are very, very interested in the future, but oftentimes we forget to rightly divide the word of truth so that we understand where we stand in future events. I think it's very, very important. Uh, one, we will never come under God's wrath. Understand that. There's a period of time coming. You might think things are bad right now, but this is a Sunday school picnic compared to what is going to happen to this earth in a coming day. But some things have to happen first. And we're not there yet. And you and I will never come under God's wrath. You know why? Because the wrath of God was poured out on our Savior at the cross of Calvary. He took the wrath of God, and he was our substitute, right? Now, that doesn't mean we, we, on Wednesday night, we talked about trials. That's different. Oftentimes, we will go through, it's not a matter of uh, if we go through trials. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you will go through trials. Because otherwise you're not a child of Christ. I remember my sister-in-law who claimed to be a Christian uh, one time talking to me and saying, Oh, my life is just fine. I'm not going through it. I said, well, you know, I said, Satan's got you right where he wants you with no trials. Because trials, right, develop character and perseverance and patience. And if we want to be like Jesus Christ, we need to go through trials. But that's not wrath. 
That's not wrath. That's a big difference there. And second, we'll never go through judgment on sin. Now, we're going to go through a judgment. We're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to go to a Bema seat. We're going to go to a reward ceremony. Entirely different than the great white throne judgment that is spoken of in Revelation and chapter 20. We won't be there. I settled out of court. How about you? I'm in the prison ministry back in my hometown. And I always tell them that. I say, you guys need to settle out of court. Make peace ahead of time so that you don't go through that judge. Um, so that's, that's important to set that um, in perspective so that we understand the future. Uh, here's the first thing that's going to happen. I'm going to talk about four, four things that are written in Scripture for us in our future. And the first one could happen today. And it's called the rapture of the church. The Lord Jesus is going to descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to be with the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's the event we are waiting on. First Thessalonians and chapter 4. Read about it because it's going to happen if you belong to the Lord Jesus. You are going to experience this rapture. Whether you, you, you see, the Thessalonians, and Paul had to write a letter to set them straight. They were, if you read about, um, the uh, the Thessalonians, it's kind of interesting because Paul only got to spend three weeks there. But to show you the grace of God and how God works, there was a thriving assembly there. Out of three weeks of preaching by the Apostle Paul. Interesting. But, you know, false teachers come in. Thank God for your elders here, folks. Their job is to make sure there's no false teaching ever comes from this place and this pulpit. It's, a, it's an enormous task because there's a lot of false teachers out there. And um, the, uh, the rapture is instantaneous. There are absolutely no signs given before it happens. Gravity will be turned off, and if you belong to him, you'll go up. And the Thessalonians thought they had, because people had died, right, since Paul had been there, and they thought, well, you know what, they missed it. They, they've missed uh, the rapture. As a matter of fact, and Paul writes in Second Thessalonians and chapter 2, he said, look, not only are false teachers, they even... I don't know if they forged Paul's signature, but they actually wrote a letter and said Paul wrote it. And Paul said, I didn't write that letter. Second Thessalonians. And he sets them straight saying, listen, church, you are going to be caught up. Remember I told you that? The rapture. And then there's going to come... Uh, 
the revealing of the wicked one, the Antichrist. But he says even that cannot happen until the church is taken out of the way. Because you see, folks, like you can mix this up easily. You can if you don't rightly divide the word of truth. Because you'll read Matthew chapter 24, for example, and the Lord Jesus talking to the Jews. Israel. Do you know that God is going to deal with Israel again, folks? That has nothing to do with you and I. We're going to, You know why the rapture is going to occur? Because we got things to do. We're going to talk about that. We got to be out of here. And because in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 1 and verse 10, 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5 and verse 10, Paul repeats it. He says, you know what? You're not appointed unto wrath. The church is going to be caught up. It's going to be taken out of here. And you know, all the books, what's going to happen... And, you know, it, it gets interesting. All Revelation, right? You read after chapter 3 and then till 19 and verse 6 of Revelation, the church is never mentioned there. Because we're not here. So don't worry about who the Antichrist is. <laughs> if you belong to Jesus, you, not only will you not know, you won't be here. Hallelujah. Thank God. You don't want to be here. Now, there are people going to get saved. There's going to be, uh, during the time of Jacob's trouble, there's going to be a three and a half year period that uh, there's going to be relative peace on earth. And then the wheels are going to come off, folks. And it's going to get, it's unbelievable. Since, but that's not for us. I'm not going to be here. Neither are you if you belong to Jesus. And so it's important. The rapture is important for several reasons. We have things to do. We've got, uh, and, and we'll, we'll see this. And uh, uh, the fact is that um, we see pictures of the rapture even in the Old Testament with Enoch, right? Taken out before the flood would come, right? We see pictures of the rapture really in Lot. I'm encouraged by Lot, aren't you? I'm encouraged because um, if you didn't read it in the New Testament, you'd think Lot maybe had even lost his salvation, right? Because of the light that was lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. But you know what? The Lord was able to take Lot out before judgment came on Sodom and Gomorrah. Folks, that's a picture of us being taken out of this world when God, uh, and, and you can, and, and, and Paul makes this point, and I'll just, I, I, I'll, we'll, we'll keep going because I don't want to get stuck. But Paul makes a point saying, listen, none of this can, ha do you know why we're here? I mean, yeah, we're here to, uh, to be, as that little one said this morning, uh, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's up to you and I to bring the gospel. Right? That's why we're here. Uh, but we also are here, and the Holy Spirit has been given to us, right? At the day of Pentecost, at the founding of the church, right? What, what does the Holy Spirit do? He convicts men of sin, righteous, judgment, and righteousness, right? But 
The Holy Spirit is also the restraining force, folks. Because you and I are here in this world, we are restraining the Antichrist and the, the spirit of the Antichrist, Paul tells us, is already here. You and I see that, don't we? I mean, it, you know, uh, America, you can imagine, I'm a Canadian. So uh, to, Canada is a very, very liberal country. I don't know if you knew that or not. It is because we have much more roots over to Europe than we do to you folks, okay? Uh, even though, thank God you're around because we don't have much of an army. <laughs> we need your protection, okay? Uh, but listen, uh, we're ve very, very liberal there. Okay, you can't, you could never even, the, the abortion issue in Canada, it's, it, the debate is over, folks. We can't even debate it. There's no debate uh, in Canada. There's no uh, debate in Canada about homosexuality. It's, it, it, there's no debate in it. I mean, there's a, a few John the Baptist in the wilderness crying out against it, but folks, believe me, it, 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 uh, we have a tremendous prime minister, by the way. Okay, is he a Christian? I'm not sure about that. But one thing I know, that guy is, I'm telling you, you talk about a conservative with uh, uh, a backbone is that guy. Unbelievable. But he knows, he, he knows what fights he can fight and which ones he can't. And he knows that if any of his members of parliament speak about abortion, they are not going to get elected. So he tells them to shut up. Okay? I'm serious. Hey, hey, listen, I, I'm a political animal. I, I understand how these things operate. And he tells his people, just stay quiet. Because you, you can never win in Canada if you start talking. Don't fight over those fights. Those fights are over. See, folks, you and I, though, when we're out of here, the Holy Spirit's going with us. In a sense that the way he works and operates in the church, he will no longer, that Paul says that restraining force will no longer be here. And everything is, Satan is going to get his way temporarily. Can you imagine? I always, I, I think Satan's getting his way now. The God of this world. But he's being held back, folks. That's what I'm saying, by us. And believers all over the world. We're holding the evil forces back. And that's going to be released. The rapture. Looking forward to that? Could happen today. Could happen today. Then there, there will come the judgment seat of Christ. That's number two. You see, we got things to do. we got to get out of here. Because what did Paul... This is not our home, folks. This isn't it. I used to call my dad at school, you know. Dear dad, I'm broke. I'm miserable. Too bad, your dad. You know, like my dad would, you know, he kept things in perspective. Because I would, I, I call home and dad, I got no money. And, uh, you know, I'm miserable. I got to study. I don't like it. And I'm wham, 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 you know. And he would say, son, you just get that degree. You understand me? You just get that degree. They'll never be able to take it away from me after that. So you just stick to it. Do you hear what I said? Shut up and get it, he'd tell me. Okay. That's French, okay? Uh, 
folks, I, you know what? And I, you know what? Yeah, I, I know that. I, I, I understand. I get off the phone and I say, you know what? He's right, you know, and please send check, <laughs> you know. But, uh, uh, you know, this isn't our home, folks. Don't put the peg down too deep. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. This isn't it. And when you understand that, it makes all the difference in the world. Because we have got things to do. We're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. And there is a reward ceremony. And now listen. I'm in the medical field where we talk about dieting. Okay? I tell people, put your hand up. Say, my name is Tony and I'm a carboholic. Okay? And they go to me, Doc, how am I going to stay on this diet? I said, I'm going to give you a reward. Listen, I've been in practice almost 40 years. One thing I know, the most popular topic is dieting. I made my most money on books that concern dieting. I'm not stupid, you know. So I write books, right? And when you talk about dieting, people love it because they're always looking for something easy. Right? They go, oh, just give me a pill. I'd love to be able to just take a pill. You know? I saw you guys advertising this week, you know? Shake some stuff on your food and you'll lose weight. Yeah, right. Right? You know? I, I, I'd like to have that if it would work, right? But look, we all know, right? We know. I mean, it's never easy. Right? But what I, you know, and I always tell people, if you don't have a plan, you have a plan to fail. And so I'm going to give you a plan that, that is built for success. You know why? Because I'm going to add a reward to it. You see, a God is our God is a God of rewards, folks. And so people are, you know, they're nervous about the judgment seat of Christ. But folks, the judgment seat of Christ is a reward ceremony. And even though you and I know this, if you're a Christian here this morning, you know that even when you do something for God... He does it, right? He's the one that gives you the grace. He's the one that gives you the gifts. He's the one, right? But God is a God of rewards. He's going to reward us. And I, I have a lot of references. I don't want to spend a lot of time here because I, I, I want to get through this this morning. But if you look at 1 Corinthians in chapter 3 and verses 10 to 15, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, uh, Romans chapter 14, they talk about the judgment seat of Christ. Here's the, let me give you a little tip. You know what the Greek word for all is? It's all. That means if you belong to Jesus, you are going to appear before Jesus, the righteous judge. What's it about? Well, this is what I'm nervous about. Because God knows my heart. And I often have done stuff with the wrong motive. You see, I don't want to lose a reward, but I think I've lost some rewards over the years, folks. I really think I have. You know why? This is not sin, by the way, okay? It's nothing about sin. Sin was taken care of at the cross of Calvary. God's not going to bring up your sin. 
The only reason that you and I still deal with sin in terms of getting right with God is our fellowship with God. It has nothing to do with judgment, okay? So understand that. So, But the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat of Christ, is a reward ceremony. The only way you could lose a reward is if you had the wrong motives doing. Or, for example, uh, in, the Lord spoke in a parable saying that to whom much is given, much is required. You see, if God's given you a gift, Christian, God has probably given you gifts, Christian. What you've done with that, you are going to give an account to God on the gifts He's given you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because He wants to reward you. That's what the reward ceremony is about. That's the judgment seat of Christ. That's the, the second event. We get caught up in the air, and then we go to judgment. Huh? Is time turned off? There's things happening on the earth, right? We already talked about that, right? The tribulation. I don't know exactly, you know, does it start immediately? The second we're gone up? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that. There's things going on in the earth, but we're going to be up there. We're busy. We got the judgment seat of Christ to go to. And um, we're going to be given rewards, crowns. We need to have the right motives. So think about that. Then, we're going to a marriage. Now, this is found in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 7 to 9. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, let me, let me share a couple of things with you. Because if you think the way I do, and I bet you you do, You don't see yourself in this situation. I, you know, over the years, I've been a Christian 30 years now, and I have rarely ever have talked to a Christian that was telling me they're getting ready for their marriage. I mean, this marriage in heaven. Now, they, they talk about a relationship with God, and we do this, and this is biblical, so it's not wrong. And that is, I am a child of God. Do you see yourself as a child of God? That's biblical, isn't it? That's nothing wrong with that. That's good. I like the idea. You know, I was sitting one day going up uh, the Rocky Mountains to ski. And I was sitting beside a Japanese guy who could speak a little bit English. Rosie and I were in the chairlift. And uh, we were looking over. I mean, you could see for miles and miles on this day. And the higher we got, the more beautiful it was. And I said to... Uh, to this Japanese guy, I said, you know what? My father owns all of this. <laughs> and he looks at me, he had these goggles on, you know, like he, he had these eyes coming out of his head. Like he's trying to figure out, who are you? Let me see your hair. Do you look like Donald Trump or something like that? You know, uh, son. But you know what I'm saying, folks? My daddy owns all of it. Isn't that wonderful? That's beautiful, isn't it? Then you might see yourself not only uh, as a child of God. This is another biblical thing, and I think you've thought of this many a time over the years. You see yourself as a friend of God. I, 
You know, we the, the first meeting this morning was talking about boldly approaching the throne of grace. We sort of had a theme going. It was beautiful, wasn't it? And And we talked about how is it possible that we have such a relationship with God that we're brought into such nearness with the Holy God? What grace, right? Isn't that beautiful? Think of that for a minute. But folks, it gets better than that. Not only are you a child of God, not only are you a friend of God, you're going to get married to God. How do you like that? Have you thought about that? No. I got three daughters. When they were getting ready to get married, I used to have a lot more hair than I have, and I never had hardly any gray ones until my girls were getting married. By the time I walked those girls up the aisle, if they would have had any hesitation, I was pushing them. I was so tired of hearing about that wedding. And the fact that I was on Freedom 85 now, uh, when it comes to my retirement, because of those girls. But, Dan, I'm getting married, you know. Dan, I'm getting married. Rosie and I, we could not get them out of the house fast enough. Because you know what they're like. But folks, you and I, listen to me. Listen, please. I want you. Okay, this is my theme for 2013. Here's my theme. Preparation for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm getting married to Jesus Christ. That shakes me. Forget the friendship. Forget the sonship. This, think of that union. Think of the privilege. You know, I, I remember preaching on the Sunday after, you remember uh, who got married there, William and Kate, was it? Right. And I said to the women, how many of you got up at 3 or 4 in the morning? Remember, because it was over in England. Now, Canada still belongs, you know. I don't know if you knew that or not. You know, like we're still a colony sort of, of, of you know, we have our independence and whatever. But we, she's still our queen, you know that? You lucky dogs, you don't have a queen, okay? Anyway. No, all I'm saying is, and all the women, no, they weren't putting their hand up. I said, you bunch of liars. Put your hand up. You were up at three in the four. Because women love weddings. It's a little harder for us guys. You know, we're from a different planet. You knew that, right? <laughs> us guys, okay, wedding, you know, you know. But listen, you've got to understand the importance of this ceremony because you and I are going to be unified to Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. You are the bride of Christ. And I'll tell you that ought to revolutionize our lives. I remember when I first met Rosie. It's funny, we were next door neighbors. We went to the same high school. And uh, she was always attracted to me. <laughs> no, she wasn't really, okay? But... I came home, I was interning, I had six weeks off in the summer of uh, 1972. And uh, I saw Rosie, it was like I'd never seen her before. And I mean this, I mean this, 
I hit a guy, my, uh, one of my best buddies, Larry, he was sitting right beside me. I said, you see that girl there? I'm going to marry that girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean it. I fell over backwards. Okay? Backwards. A few weeks later, I, 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 I got the nerve to go up and ask her to, if she wanted to have a date, and uh, the rest is history. And my dad, you know, my dad was a funny guy because he, you know, I, I was in a, I was a year before that in a very serious relationship with another girl, and, uh, but it, it, it ended. And then, but my dad with Rosie, my dad was smart. He said, you know, meaning that he, every time I'd walk through the kitchen, my dad would do this, meaning that you're done like dinner. You're got your hook, line, and sinker, Tony. And it's true, I was. I, I, yeah, I got back to the, to, I lived with a couple of guys, uh, at university. And, uh, Friday night, we were serious students. We had to be, but Friday night was our night, right? And with three single guys, and we used to do a little, you know, I, I'm not proud of this, but carousing, right? And I, I told them, uh, the first Friday night I was there, they said, okay, Friday night, let's go. Here we go. And I was the leader of the pack. I said, I, guys, I, I, I'm not going tonight. What? I'm not going. Why? I'm in love. Oh, you're in love every Friday. What are you talking about? But <laughs> Friday. I said, guys, I'm telling you, this is serious. I'm done. I'm not going with you anymore. I have a love in my life. Her name is Rosemary. And that's the end of it. And when I didn't go with them, they understood it. Even though... She was in Timmins, which was 500 miles away from the university I was at. Folks, this is practical. Looking. The Apostle Paul says, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who redeemed us from all iniquity and purchased for himself a peculiar people zealous for good works. Folks, are you in love? You see, part of this preparation for the marriage supper of the Lamb, one of them is our affections. Looking above. Set your affections, the Apostle said, didn't he? In, 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 uh, in Colossians, in chapter 3, set your affections on things above, not on things below. What was he talking about there? The appearing of Jesus Christ. Folks, you, you've got to understand a little bit, and you, you, you've, I'm certainly have heard this before, but the marriage in the Middle East was different than what we, you and I know today as marriage, right? Like at the time of Jesus, their marriage was different in a sense, and we read about it at, at the time of Christmas. Joseph was espoused to be married to Mary. He really wasn't married, but... The fact that they were engaged in the Middle East custom meant that they were as good as marriage. But when Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, and I go to prepare a place for you. Folks, this is talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Think about it. He was telling his disciples, just like a Jewish guy saying, you know, now you and I are an item, right? The dowry has been paid. 
Now, Mary, Joseph, in, his, in, in, in the Jewish custom, Mary, you're married to me. Even though we're not officially married. But Joseph, what did he find out when Mary was pregnant? What did he say? I, I'm going to divorce that girl. You see? What do you mean a divorce? They weren't even married. Yes, they were. They were in that. You understand what I'm getting at? But look at that in the context of our marriage to Christ. You know what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11 and verse 2? He says, I have espoused you to Christ. Paul says he has a jealousy so that you and I, whom he's espoused to Christ, folks, you and I, even though the ceremony hasn't taken place yet, are engaged to be married to Jesus Christ. Well, that ought to affect you. Just like I was not interested in other women, right? Once I met Rosie, we weren't engaged yet, but I had no other love in my life. That girl, that was the end of it. That was 40 years ago, okay? And, uh, you know, what I'm saying is, folks, this is practical. This ought to change our life. We're going, not on, never mind just the judgment seat of Christ, never mind just the rapture. Because a lot of people think, well, the rapture, that's our hope, and it is. But not because of just the rapture, but because you and I are going to get married. Do you understand what I'm saying? I was reading a story there a little while back about um, this guy in the Gulf War. Engaged, madly in love, and he's off to war. And every day that he was there, in the first few months, he got a letter from his um, partner in the U.S. Then, you know, it seemed to be about once every three or four days, and then once a week. And, you know, he was, well, well you know, the U.S. Postal Service. I don't know what he was thinking, but he, you know, he had a little, he didn't like the, the idea, wasn't hearing from her every day. He comes home unannounced. He goes to her house. And the mother answers the door and she is very sheepish. Do you know what I mean by that? Uncomfortable. And walking up the street while this soldier was at the door waiting for his fiancée, she comes walking hand in hand with another man. You know what James says? It's the verse I don't like in the Bible. If I could tear stuff out of the Bible, I'd tear this one out. You know what it says? Chapter 4. You adulterers and your adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? And anyone that chooses to be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Folks, you and I are getting married. And one thing that God wants from us is our affections. What did he say to the church at Laodicea? He said, I'd rather you be cold. I much prefer you be hot. But what I can't stand is lukewarm. Imagine that. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Now that's not meaning that you lose your salvation, but that has everything to do with our temperature. Are you in love with Jesus Christ? Well, you can't be in love with Him if you're in love with the world. There's a guy that died 
that had a big influence in my life. His name was Zig Ziglar. You might have heard of his name. I attended many conferences uh, with him. He was a motivational speaker. And um, before I was a Christian, I read one of his books. I read all of his books, but this is one, his newest one that came out, I believe, in 1980 or 81, had a huge influence on me coming to Christ. You know what it was called? Confessions of a Happy Christian. I read this book as a non-Christian. I'm glad I read it because in there was filled with Scripture. And you might fight with his theology a little bit in terms of his doctrines, but you would say that he's more than sincere because he was very unashamed of the fact that he was a Christian. You know what he, what he said in this book? It had a huge impact on me. He took this Christianity so seriously. He says, you can understand, that people reading the book, that I travel all over the world, meet hundreds of thousands of people every year. I don't know them, but they know me. He says, when I travel, I have a little team that travels with me, including a few women. I never, ever sit with them at any time. I never sit with my staff if the women are there alone. I never travel on the plane. We never get the same in the same road. Never. In case someone that I have been speaking to would think for a minute that I'm having an affair. Boy, <laughs> remember, I wasn't a Christian. I'm reading this book and I go, wow, is this guy ever committed to Christ? He said when he goes into a restaurant and he orders a Coke, he has them bring a coffee cup in order to put the Coke in the cup in case he would think that anybody that he's shared with would think that he is even drinking any liquor. Look, folks, I know that, you know, that Christianity is not about drinking and this. I understand that. But, folks, when you're getting married to Jesus Christ, one thing that I think that he expects out of us is that we remain faithful to him. And, you know, Paul said it, you know, all things are lawful unto me. I can do anything. You want to have a drink? You want to have a drink? You have a freedom to have a drink. But Paul said this, not all things are expedient. What he meant by that is, yeah, the kingdom of God is not about drinking. You feel a liberty to have yourself a beer? Go ahead. But not if it lets anyone stumble. Not if it would keep one person away from Jesus Christ. Because you're going to get married to him. I tell you, I was, you know, listen, I was the life of the party. My mom said to Rosie, get this guy back. We need the life of the party back. You got to look at the boys. No wonder, right? And my wife said, I don't want that creep back. You know? But you know what? I was a big weekend drinker. Okay? And I, I, I mean, it was party, party, party. And you know what? 
I get saved, and I well, look, it, I, I wasn't that interested in it. As a matter of fact, I sort of made a vow with God that, you know what, I'm going to really cut back. Didn't cut out, but it cut back. And then one day, one beer, one day, one beer. In front of a guy I witnessed to the night before. I had witnessed it to what had changed in my life. That I wasn't the old Tony Martin anymore. I had changed. And I'll tell you, there was tears coming down his eyes as him and I sat because all the other guys went out drinking that night. And they were going out to party and I sat with him. He was a good family man. He wasn't a, he wasn't a Christian, but he was a good man. And he said, Tony, how come you're not going with them? I said, I've really changed. I've really changed, Pat. I'm not the same guy I used to be. Those things don't interest me. And I'll tell you, I, I was able to share the next day, the next day, I took a beer. It was Florida weather in northern Ontario. That happens in a day, once a year. Okay, it's like the high priest going into the, into the <laughs> Holy of Holies. In Canada, we get one day. Anyway, it was hot. Somebody offered me a beer. Nothing wrong with that. I put it to my lips. I took a sip. I put it down. And that guy came over to me and... I knew I had offended him big time. He come up to me and he said, Tony, I'm going to tell you something. You know what you told me last night? I don't believe a word of it because you're still the same guy. You still got a drink. And he walked away and I've never, ever had a chance to speak to that man again about Jesus Christ. So go ahead, folks. Go and, and, and do your little drinking because you're free to do it. Go ahead and have those little habits that you think you're free to do because who are you to judge? I'm not judging you. You do your own thing. you got your own conscience. All I know is I'm getting married. I'm getting married. And I don't need that stuff anymore in my life. I never want anyone to stumble over the thought that Tony Martin needs those things that the world needs in order to entertain themselves. I don't need it anymore. I am looking to the day where I am going to be joined to Jesus forever and ever. And I want people never to stumble over me. Folks, that's the reality. I want to be faithful. I want to be pure. I don't want to be like those five foolish virgins. I want to be ready. I want to be sober. I want to watch. Because he's gone to prepare a place for me. And you. And he's coming back. I don't want him to, for, for a minute, to catch me unprepared for that wedding. Folks, the judgment seat of Christ. My time is gone. We're going to reign with Christ. I would have spent a little time on that this morning. But we're going to reign with Him. All the privileges. Listen. The Bible tells you to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. But when we get married to Him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Do you, do you, you know, the pomp. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Think about that. 
the God of the universe, the creator, spiritually, is the groom. You and I will be there someday. Joined to him in a ceremony. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to be joined to him. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Never to separate. So when he comes back to this earth, guess where we are? I, I, you know what? I always tell, you know, i got to do a fair amount of traveling and some of the stuff that I do. I, I don't mind traveling as long as my wife's with me. You know what? I tell her that. I said, Rosie, as long as you're there, I, I, I don't mind traveling. To go away without you, I, I, I'm not interested. I, 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 you know, I, I, I miss her. And you know what, folks? When we get married to Christ, we're always going to be with him. He comes to this earth to establish his kingdom. Guess what? You and I are with him. All the privileges. Think of that. When Kate married Prince William, you think her life was changed? The privileges? Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you, O God, for your precious Son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the future of the church, O God. Perhaps even today this, this timetable will, will start where the Lord Jesus comes back from heaven with the, uh, the, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. O Father, that's us. We'll be caught up. Father, perhaps there's a person in this room today that doesn't know Thee. Father, that uh, if the rapture was to come today, would be left behind. When the wrath of God is going to come on this planet, Father, I pray that they would uh, seek the Lord Jesus while He may be found. They will turn to Him and, Father, acknowledge their sin and their shortfall before Him. And cry out for mercy and grace in their time of need. Father, for the rest of us, oh God, would you prepare us? Father, would this be our theme this year, 2013? Pre preparation for the marriage of the Lamb. Oh God, help us. We need it, oh God. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.